Good evening and welcome to the Buddy Martin Show on a Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. It's Florida Georgia week. Yes, it's time again for Buddy Martin. Call him up and tell him what you're thinking. But be kind because he's doing the best he can. Better. Stronger. Faster. Mama says that alligators are ornery because they got all them teeth but no toothbrush. Good evening, welcome to you on a Daniel L. Tide Tower Wednesday. I am Buddy Martin, coming to you from Studio 12 in beautiful Ocala, where we're going to, for the next hour, hopefully inform you, maybe entertain you, and certainly have a celebration of the Florida-Georgia game, which we will continue to call the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And tonight... We bring you the information on how it got to be named that by one of the guys who was written about recently, uh, David Lamb, who spoke at the Ocala Quarterback Club. David joined us for a little bit here in the later on. And uh, we will tell you the story of the man who actually named it that. I, I knew him. David knew him to a lesser degree. And we'll tell you what it was meant to be when it was named and why it should remain named Nicknamed the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. It's a football celebration. This time it's also an important football date. Between two top ten teams, number nine ranked Gators, number seven or eight, depending on how you look at it, Georgia Bulldogs in a game that features two top ten teams in Florida, about seven games behind in the series, but holds an overall edge, as I pointed out to everybody the other day. The last 28, Florida is 21-7. and seven. So, what's going to happen? Well, it's going to be interesting, and tonight uh, on the quarterback club meeting we talked about this, and I like Florida's chances if it comes down to coaching. All right? I want to say good evening to everybody out there, and welcome to the Facebook Live edition of the show. This is also a podcast, which is featured daily on iTunes. Uh, it's featured on SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. You can get us all over the place. This show will be up. The audio will be up tomorrow, the next day. And if you don't go on Facebook or have friends that don't go on Facebook, you can get the audio there and listen to it and podcasts, which many of you do. And shout out once again to Elaine McKinstry. I kind of have to apologize for her inadvertently putting this in black and red. You know what that is. But she is a 83-year-old Not that that matters, except she enjoys podcasts and her her daughter told us about it. We said we're going to dedicate the podcast to Elaine McKinstry on this Daniel L. Hightower, Wednesday Daniel L. Hightower lawyer, fighting for accident victim justice since 1976. We're going to get right to our guest, Edgar Thompson. Edgar Thompson, back in the house. He's kind of regrouped, 
the open date a little bit now, and uh, I talked to him at the press conference, and uh, he sounded like he was in good spirits. Let's get his take on how things are going these days on the Gator Beat. I want to report that so far we're hearing nothing about injuries and nothing about the suspensions, uh, and consequently uh, all is good. So we'll see if we can get Edgar's phone to work tonight. We seem to always have a problem with that line, so we'll do this while we're waiting. Yeah, uh, there's that. There's rumors going around, and by the way, good evening to you out there tonight, uh, to uh, to Roger over in Ningbo, China. Roger, good to hear from you, and glad to know things are going well for you. Um, the uh, Also to Kyle Stotero. I'm sorry, Kyle, you're new. Welcome. I'm sorry I don't recognize your name, but glad to have you. A lot of new people checking in. Daryl Holloway also checking in tonight. Daryl, good evening to you. Jonathan Anderson, Semper Fi to all you Marines out there. And by the way, uh, there are four names and all four brand new. We're glad to see. We're thankful for our other uh, members that we have and our a long time, our pioneers and our founders. But we also uh, are very grateful for the folks uh, that we, uh, we have with us uh, now new. Finding us all over the place. This has been quite a time for us. We've experienced it. Uh, it's been a uh, uh, record numbers of people viewing the show. Obviously, a lot of interest because of the uh, the Florida Georgia game. Uh, also, the Florida the fact that Florida's winning, uh, and it's uh, it's been quite a uh, quite an experience uh, for everybody to enjoy that. Um, we uh, we also uh, well college football being a great game that it is, but uh, this is a good story. This is, we haven't talked much about this, uh, but this is a good story uh, that. The Florida Gators, and one of the really great coaching jobs, uh, by the way, uh, talked today to Max Howell. Remember Max Howell? Been on the show a few times. Max Howell uh, and I talked about the coaching job being done by Dan Mullen. Um, and the fact that Florida, a team that wasn't picked to be um, in, uh, in, his, in his top ten at this point in time, uh, certainly the way Mullen has brought them, coached them up, uh, is, uh, is, is a big story. Uh, and I think the other thing is where they've come from, uh, where these Gators have come from. It's been really, really interesting because uh, uh, it's been uh, uh, it's, it's been. Remember, we started our year out how we started out. We started out with the fact that uh, that this this program could be in trouble. They might not be able to uh, uh, you know you know, to get their situation resolved. Uh, and in time, and here we are, right in the heart of it, October twenty seventh. The big. We're going to do this. We're going to take a little break here, and we're going to hear. We're going to do a commercial, and we're going to go do here our interview with David Lamb and come back and find out where Edgar is. Once again, we're not being able to hook up with his. It's not his fault. Something going on there. We'll do this. We'll hear from Daniel L. Hightower on Daniel L. Hightower Wednesday. No one ever plans a car accident. Having a plan after you've been in one, however, can make a world of difference. Daniel L. Hightower has been fighting for accident victim justice in Ocala and statewide since 1976. After meeting with Dan and his team, you'll know your case matters, that you matter, and that Dan will fight hard to get you just results. If you've been severely injured through no fault of your own by a careless or reckless driver, you need Daniel L. Hightower.
organization I'm very proud to be a, a with. Uh, they've been big supporters of ours. Uh, and uh, Corey King, who has picked the uh, Winstar Star of the Week last week, uh, is a terrific young player. You see him honored there. He's one of the Scott Bramley uh, nominees and the winner of the week. And Winstar, of course, is known for their participation in the community. Thank you for that. And also I want to say a shout-out to my friends over there in uh, Mary Brantley uh, and, uh, and and Joe Sorrentino. Uh, they run a first-class re- uh, medical research facility, with um, the proven high quality is a high-patient-centered clinical research facility. Uh, Renstar brings cutting-edge technology to uh, research we're badly needed here in areas like Alzheimer's disease, psoriasis, osteoarthritis, migraine, and fibromyalgia, among many other conditions that affect our community. Uh, they've done many, many studies there. And uh, they're regulated by the FDA, and safety is closely monitored. If you want to be m- more informed about it, or maybe be a participant in some of these clinical trials, you can call them at uh, Ocala 352-629-5800, or go online to www.renstar.net and check it out. Renstar Medical Research, speaking tomorrow, seeking tomorrow's answers to the health questions of today. Uh, and speaking of the quarterback club, I wanted to just give a shout out to my boys over there and thank these folks. Dr. Frank Cannon and Danny Williams, uh, who are among the people who support the quarterback club, the Scott Bradley Trophy, which is going to be a fantastic thing. We're getting reports on that. So, uh, uh, and uh, we're really proud of this. There's a little information there uh, that uh, on the Scott Bradley, we have some really, really good uh, news tonight on that. We'll be filling in more on that a little bit later. Uh, but at the moment, we're going to see if we can go back to the phones. And we'll check in now with Edgar and see if he is ready to go. I think he might be. Uh, let's see. I think his internet connection was off. Let's try it again and see if we can get lucky. With Edgar Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's a Scott Brandy trophy right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, Edgar. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. We'll try it again. <clears throat> uh, either the number I'm dialing is not correct or let's get this off of here. <clears throat> yeah, um, let's see if we can get this squared away. Edgar has been working hard this week on the Florida-Georgia game, naturally. Thank you for your patience, folks. Appreciate it. We'll get to your your message in just a moment as soon as we be able to get uh, this resolved. Let's see, do a new call here. Uh, Brendan tonight is off, uh, heading out to Orlando and uh, to a show he has to do. And uh, we'll hear from him probably over the weekend. Um, and uh, I think we're going to get Edgar now. So let's see if we've got uh, the gentleman uh, from the Orlando Sentinel now, Edgar Thompson. Hopefully he's going to be saying hello. I hear him scratching around the background. It could be. I'm here. It is him. You can see me. We don't see you yet, but we do hear you. That's a, that's, that's some progress at least. Um, well, you know. Uh, there you are. You there know you are. what happened is that Apple – Wanted to update my software. And yes, gotta, like, sign I've, in your I've had that happen to me a few times, Edgar. I happen. Listen, we all look. Here, I figured out the other day. Technology, that, man. Well, here's the deal. I'm just going to figure that I'm going to have to spend an hour and a half a day of my life on technology. That's just how of it's going to Of your life? Of my day. Of uh, my day. An hour and a half a day of my life is going to have to go to some form of technology. I won't get into this. Everybody's got a technological story. 
Everybody's got a situation they've had to deal with. And, you know, I spent four hours just getting my phone fixed, by the way, with Apple the other day. Anyway, let's not, let's not bore people with those stories. You're here. That's what's important. Thanks for being on the show again tonight, Edgar. Sorry about that. Don't worry about it. Listen, let's worry about the thing and the story we all care about right now, which is it's going to be a football game in Jacksonville. And I'm going to try to get more light. All right, you do that while I get your name lined up. And uh, I'll, uh, a little later on, I'll have, as I said, David Lamb will be on the show. Uh, oh, yeah, he's, no, he's he's taped tonight at the quarterback club, and I'll uh, tell you about the, the Edgar. Do you know how the name World's Largest Outdoor Cocktail Party came about? Have you ever uh, heard that story? I I don't know at all. Yeah, it's funny I because I, I I knew this and I forgot this. And I thought and somebody from the Athletic named Will Salmon. I don't know him. Wrote the story and I I had remembered it after he said I knew the guy pretty well who did it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Uh, and it was by Bill Castells, who was a sports columnist for the Florida Times Union for twenty five years. Not a great writer, not a terribly imaginative guy, but a nice gentleman and a guy who wrote uh, regularly and she was a stringer for, for Sports Illustrated. And one day he kind of just looked around and saw. You know, all, all the people having such a good time and the bourbon in the air, and I'm, I'm sort of extrapolating, and said, this is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. He wrote that line. It was a throwaway line, according to his daughter, on the story in The Athletic. Uh, and uh, Bill Castells is the guy who named the dead. Bill's been dead for a while now. Anyway, mm-hmm. so uh, I, it's making a comeback, Edgar. I know that m- a lot of editors and producers don't like it, but it's making a comeback. A lot of people do like that uh like like that uh, that term because it's a celebration. You know what I mean? It, it's not just about it's not a drunken brawl, although it certainly has been that. Uh, but, Who doesn't like it again? Well, what happened is after for those who don't know, uh, at, uh, about seven, eight, nine years ago, uh, maybe ten, I forget. Uh, I've been with Spurrier's there. The uh, uh, a couple of students uh, were killed or drunk and they got know. killed. Uh, and the, and it was an outcry about it, and uh, and the president uh, came out and said we're going to well, we got with the University of Georgia president. They decided that it was a glamorizing alcohol, okay? And uh, so um, they said, please don't use that term. They got in touch with the producers' networks and said, please don't use that term, and they kind of banned the term. And I get it. I understand. That's okay. I mean, I understand. But look. Look, if you know anything about this game and the history, which I do, I've been going since the '60s. I've been around, and I don't, I don't go get drunk. I don't even drink during the game, as a matter of fact. But the bottom line is that you, uh, well, I mean, you're working. But my bottom, even though I'm not, if I'm not working, I've been to a few. I'm not working. Uh, the bottom line is, is that it doesn't have to be about getting drunk. You can go to social events. Don't you ever go to a cocktail party for the social aspect of it? Maybe you have tonic water. I've well, been I there. I haven't heard the term cocktail party in a long time, but well, that's an old Southern thing, man. My it's back I'm now. From, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. I yep. mean, yeah. Those, well, you get crowd, it. They dress up in a sports exactly. a cocktail party. Right. In the Grove, the Grove in the Old Miss is a big cocktail party with dinner, you know. And what you're doing is you're taking a part of the culture of Southern football when you ban a term because of some, some social problem connected to it. And I'm sorry for the death of the students. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of it. But it's a celebration of football. And Georgia and Florida people get together up there in Jacksonville, the area. And uh, these guys, and they have a great time. 
What's wrong with that? So anyway, it's, it's a little bit of overreaction. Well, it's, you know, this is all the PC time. But but in light of the deaths, and that happened after Spurrier, I think I was covering the Gators at the time, to be honest. Um, I can see why they would want to react that way, but it is like that's why those kids weren't like, oh, it's a cocktail party, we're going to go drink. Right, I, that's, you know, yes, exactly. It, it's a, it's bad, but no, it is associated with it. And I didn't realize Will wrote that story. I must have missed the tweet, but he does he does some, some cool digging and comes up with some pretty cool stories. So. Well, it's on the Athletic page site. That's why you didn't see it probably. But no, yeah. I, I, I pay for it. I, yeah, I do well, too. I, I subscribe pretty, to it. Mm-hmm. Well, Will and yeah. I have actually become pretty good friends. I don't. I, he had he hadn't posted it yet. I don't think they what they do typically is. He he'll tweet it out on two, on Thursdays. Yeah, but they must already put it up there. Yeah. he hasn't tweeted it. No, it hasn't been tweeted. I got it on. Uh, I got it, uh, somewhere on Facebook, I believe. But Have anyway, an alert or something. Yeah, no. Will's Will's doing a good job. He's coming up with some some unique stuff. I mean, that's their whole kind of approach. Yeah, to, yeah. They're they're not like writing daily stuff. I mean. It's like I'm writing all this. Yeah, yeah, no, this spe- special features. They're yeah, I'm writing like a bunch thing. of daily mm-hmm. gibberish, you know, about this, that, and the mm-hmm. other. And he's like working on one story, mm-hmm. maybe two for the week, which, you know, and he's doing a good job coming up with unique angles for sure. Yeah. But he's a pretty sharp guy. He's a New Yorker. Yeah. Uh, by way of uh, Clarion Ledger. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, speaking of which, I'm going to have the sports editor, the Carol Clarion Ledger, on next week. Uh, Higginson, we're going to talk. Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, look, let's pick it up where we left off. Uh, you had a rough week, and then you came back and pulled it out, and, you know, we won't we go got. into I don't want to go into that. I just want to say a lot of good response from people who uh, you appreciate you coming back on and manning up and all that sort of stuff. And let's, let's move on yeah. past that now. But, look, I mean, you're one of our family, and, you know, you're a guy that we love having on, and the fans love having you on. It's an example of the fact that we have a lot of people come on and listen to you every night. So thank you for that. Can you feel I, – I saw your I, – I, I, I check out your tweets. Um, and yeah. Bob Morris says Edgar's be busy tweeting from his couch. Ouch, you know, okay. Fair game. Uh, I actually don't own a couch. That's the irony of all of that. From his chair. <laughs> it's a great term, though. Couch tweeters. I think you've coined the term. Uh, so I so here's the deal. That term. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Campbell says it's his favorite time of the of the, of the year. Or the favorite week time of the week. I mean, actually, Edgar, meaning you. Uh, here's, here's the deal. You said, and, and you put a stop to this the rumor mill, because I asked you about it earlier, um, yep. uh, and, uh, and you, you tweeted us simply there, you asked Mullen and you said there are no suspensions, no injuries. Elaborate. I asked him if Brad Stewart was going to play this weekend. He goes, why wouldn't he? And I said, the internet. <laughs> and I think said, I said the inter- I think mm-hmm. I said the internet. Man. Yeah. And he goes, well, I make those decisions, not the internet. There you go. <laughs> So just because the rumors been circulating on a couple of message boards, Mm -hmm. I'm not, he didn't say, I mean, he, in my opinion, excuse me, he did say he's playing, but I have some people saying, oh, he didn't really give you a yes or no answer. Mm -hmm. And there's a writer or two 
who one who tweeted, we probably won't find out until seven or three twenty nine, and another who sit commented to me that it was kind of uh I forget how he put it, but kind of a half hearted um response and you know <clears throat> a dodge, a semi dodge is how they put it. Somebody texted mm-hmm. me. Look, bottom line is um I have no idea, but basically I take Dan at his word. I mean, he doesn't – he didn't corroborate that. We'll yeah. see. If, Dan, if Brad Stewart doesn't play, I mean, that would be, you know, a little odd. But yeah. well, he'll get asked about it afterwards. So yeah. he probably – he doesn't – you know, if he said I'm not going to comment on that or um, whatever, that would have been a better strategy if the kid, in fact, isn't going to play. But we'll see. I mean, look – Dan Mullins made all the right moves all year. So mm-hmm. if he says he what he's going to play and he doesn't play and we ask him about it, whatever. I yeah. actually just wrote a blog post a minute ago. I mean, look, it's Brad Stewart. What's a guy polite here? Brad Stewart has made a few plays. Yeah, Brad Stewart was named to the midseason All American team by Sports Illustrated. <laughs> That's a joke. Do you know that? Well, I don't know that I'd quite put him there. Was Jakai? No, polite? of course you wouldn't. Was Jakai polite on there? I don't know. I just saw. I don't the, know enough about safety play in the yeah, in college football, yeah. the world of college. Well, football. I mean, if you're going to put but somebody Brad up there, it would have been Donovan Steiner, wouldn't it? I mean, he would have well, been the guy Brad, to put up. Brad Stewart, I think, is great. Made a huge out. play. Yeah, all about it. I mean, look, let's not anoint these guys. They just got in the lineup, okay? So let's wait and see. Well, but Polite has made his name and made his bones. The Negroes made his bones. Reese has made his bones. You know, whatever. And the safety play has been outstanding, but it's early. I mean, I guess it's been outstanding. I mean, he gave up a touchdown against Kentucky where Who he did? got lost in coverage. Stewart. No, I didn't say Stewart. I didn't say Stewart. I said, I, well, he, it's been good. He, got, he has, but he, I, he got burned he in the up. yeah Kentucky game. I remember. I saw the play. Got beat the deep. Safe, yeah. The safeties gave up two touchdowns yeah. in that game, I buddy. I, we I'm talked about it. We, we you talked. You were concerned about the safety play. You mentioned it on the show. Yeah, I don't know that it's been outstanding. I mean, Brad Stewart made a pick six to seal the LSU game. Did, did I say it? Did I say that it's been outstanding? I misspoke. There have been some outstanding plays made by the safeties. Okay. Yeah, I mean, but the outstanding play is guys like Reese and Zaniga and, and 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 Polite. Those guys are studs. They've been playing, and for a while uh, until he got suspended, Joseph. Well, anyway, bottom line is I didn't realize he made the midseason All American. I don't get SI anymore. Who cares? And nobody. I was trying to poke you fun at it, you know. Good, good for him, but the fact is, I mean, it isn't like if they don't have, I mean, Juwan Taylor, they have Steiner, Sean Davis is healthy now. They could weather that, but they'd like to have him. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. But look, I wrote, what I was saying is I wrote a blog just a bit ago because of the incredible research of the University of Florida. That's why I'm kind of looking over this way because I have stats coming out of my ears here because mm-hmm. I've been doing the game box. There's all kinds of great stuff going into this game. But they they were talking about how, you know, first-year coaching transitions, you know, because I, I was saying Dan Mullen, along with Mark Stoops, got to be the front-runner for SEC Coach of the Year. And if Mullen keeps doing this and Stoops stumbles, which they could, I mean, even at Missouri this weekend, Kentucky could lose. Um, and certainly Georgia visiting next week could be a loss. But Dan Mullen is really making a strong case I didn't realize how strong till I was looking at this release. 
the Gators are the only team in the current AP Top 25 that finished 2017 at or below 500. Only one. Um, they're the highest-ranked team with the first-year head coach, uh, Heupel at UCF, but he inherited a pretty stocked team, Jimbo, Mario Cristobal, who inherited, like, the best quarterback in the country, some think. Um, so that's the other ones. But when you look at these other stats, man, they were 108th in scoring offense last year. They're 35th right now. They were 110th in total offense. They're 67th right now. They had 18 30-yard plays last year, right? Mm-hmm. They had 16 already, 18 all year. They were giving up 3.36 sacks a game last year. That was 124th in the nation. They're tied for 19th right now, giving up 1.29. That's a plus 105 change. I mean, the list goes on. The research is excellent. I wrote a blog just saying, look, this guy, it's the most – he's leading the best, biggest turnaround in college football right now. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, if he wants to, like, keep Brad Stewart off the table, I mean, I guess that's his choice. Whatever. whatever he's doing has been working so far. He's got his reasons for whatever. The, the coach is coaching the media. Look, here's the big thing about it. Uh, and By the way, I got accused of being a uh, – a uh, Mullen lover uh, today uh, by Lamb because I talked about why, how brilliant he's been and why he's playing chess while they're That's all playing Lamb checkers. Uh, he likes to poke fun at me. It's all right. That's fine. Okay. And he's, you know, buddy, he, he, he's like, I have a bromance. Uh, maybe I do. Who cares? Uh, look, I'll be the, you know me. I'll be the first one to crit- criticize Mullen if he, if he turns and starts having bad games. And I'll be the first. I'll be among those. I've been known to be an outspoken critic of coaches doing a lousy job. I mean, uh, for many years, for no, those who don't, really don't know. I don't really foresee him doing a lousy job. He's right not going now. to. I've seen enough to know he's not going to. Yeah, I, I don't think. I mean, they could lose to Georgia, but, you know. Still have a great year. Look, the bottom line, what was his quote, man? He had a great quote that I used here. He's a quotable and, guy. But, but, but his quote, just summing up the team, this is this sums up this team to me. Uh, what he said on Thursday, he had a lot, he is quotable, but he, he, this was his quote he had the other day that fans may listening might have heard or may not have, but he, he was asked, what does he think? What is this Florida football team? How would he classify it? Wait a minute. I asked one of those questions myself. Okay. Well, that's uh, and, fine. And, and, said, and Mark and Mark Long asked one too. Yeah. Well, go, go ahead. Read the quote. He said, I think they're a team that's really going to learn how to play hard and play together right. as a team and finding ways to win. I don't mm-hmm. think they're a team you point to and say, wow, they're just this smothering, dominating defense or this explosive high-scoring offense. Mm-hmm. They're a team that plays together as a team and does what they need to do to win, and then we play that way. Right. I mean, look, great quote. He, he knows what he's got. He knows he doesn't have a team. He doesn't have the purple people eaters here or the 2007 Patriots on offense. Um, he has a team that's, you know, s- scratching together ways to, you know, get in the end zone, taking opportunities, creating turnovers. They're still third in the nation, tied right. in takeaways. I mean, special teams, like I was putting keys to the game. Two of them are special teams. I mean, McPherson's 11 of 12 and Rodrigo Blankenship's 10 of 12. Mm-hmm. It could come down to one of those guys. Punt coverage, they're the, t- they're, the two teams are tied for third nationally with five punt returns at 20 yards or longer. I mean, Swain, is 10th, and this Hardman guy's averaging 22 a return for Georgia. So um, special teams could decide this game, but that's the thing. I mean, football is not is a three-phase game, and Dan Mullen is definitely match, pointing that, I mean, proving that. I mean, he's proving that 
you know, you can win in different ways. So, well, just re- just so I want you to know, I'm not a couch tweeter. Okay, that I asked well, that question. At, I asked that question the press conference, and you just read the answer. So, give me a little credit. Next time you start passing out couch tweeters, I'm not one, okay? Well, I saw you at the press conference, so that would never come your <laughs> I'm way. I'm only kidding you, Edgar. I'm having a little fun with you, my friend. All right, so look, let's let's uh, get down and talk some ball here, all right? Yeah, uh, I there, thought we were. Well, we are. But, I mean, let's talk about uh, not, not necessarily X's and O's, but yeah. let's talk about concepts. Let's talk about uh, mental approaches. Let's talk about the chess match. It goes the cat and mouse game's over. Let's talk about trick plays. This is my favorite one. I made this up. See what you think. Okay. Yeah. Now look, look, here's the thing about Mullen. What does he do? He always has some element of surprise. All right. I mean, to me, a fake punt is not really a surprise. You should expect a fake punt. I'm talking about something that's cleverly designed to fool the op, to fool the guy on the other side, like a chess master would do. Okay. Like putting in a left handed tight end nobody ever heard of to, to throw a throwback pass to the quarterback. That is brilliant. Okay. That is strategically brilliant and well executed, I might add. So those kinds of things, you fool, you keep the opposition on their heels. Here's one for you. We'll make up, you make up your trick play, I'll make up mine. All right. There's a kid out there we've talked about a lot who's a four-star receiver who never has seen the field. And people keep asking about him and he's now well healed up. And we all say, Red Shirt, don't worry about it. Jacob Copeland, okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Think about this. Here's what he could do. He could spot Jacob Copeland in the red zone on second and eight and put him on the lineup, and the Bulldogs have never seen him. They don't really know who he is, and throw the ball to him. He's allegedly a really, really good receiver. Have you seen him? I haven't. Uh, and I did at the Under Armour game. I covered right, so you could get him on the field in a special pass. play and – that, that's like that's an element of surprise. You say, why would you do that? Why would you burn a red shirt? No, you're not burning a red shirt, Edgar. You get four games. He can still play four games. He can play many times during the year. So why not put him out there? And the other rumor going around, I talked to a friend of mine today who has a contact on the team from out of town, and he says, we're going to see Emory Jones. I've been hearing that every week. But what about that element? Emory Jones, in my opinion, will surface someplace in this game. Jacob Copeland may not, but that's the kind of thing that Mullen, who's a very smart guy, would do. You agree or disagree? I actually never thought about either of them, but I'm intrigued. I won't agree. I mean, I have no idea. Well, give me your play. <laughs> that my kind play? of play. Well, the, you're, you're like you put me on the spot. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm, think about the mental gymnastics for a moment. You know I'll what Mullen's game I think is. This is all right, that's the no, best you got, Fumble Ruski, Statue of Liberty. Come on, Edgar. Come on, Edgar's part of Georgia. You, you can't do a Fumble Ruski apparently anymore. I don't think no. you can put the ball on the ground. No. Um, but, but, I mean, Copeland's intriguing, and here's what I saw of him at the Under Armour game where he had minimal touches. So we'll, we'll harken back to that game because I can address both players. All right. Uh, Copeland, it was freezing. It was a 40-degree night in Orlando. It was cold. Uh, and windy. Um, it was kind of, it was, we're interviewing guys in the field afterwards. I mean, literally by the end, your face couldn't even move. But he, um, Copeland really has some speed. He kind of reminds me a little of Ted Ginn in that he's kind of a longer strider, longer strides, but he really gets some speed going. And 
So I, I don't know about his receiving skills particularly. I'm sure they're very good. I mean, he's 69th rated recruit coming out last year, I believe. He was the highest rated guy in the entire class. But he definitely could get – you could run him on a jet sweep or do something with him, and that would be pretty pretty effective, I would think. Um, as for Emory Jones, who played in that game and had a really poor week of practice at the Under Armour, I don't know if that guy – is ready. I mean, he wasn't really very good in the summer, the spring. He didn't stand out. Why do you, do you really want to bring him in a game of this magnitude? I mean, take a chance that he, you know, can't handle it. I, I don't know. I mean, you maybe. I mean, what's he going to do? I mean, what's he going to do that Kadarius Tony can't do, for example, who is comfortable in there? They know Kadarius Tony's game. They don't know Jacob Copeland's. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Emory Jones. Oh, Emory Jones. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Tony, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. The football decently. I mean, I don't. I mean, I don't know that Emory Jones isn't a better passer. But you know, if you're bringing him in for a trick play where he's going to run it or pass it out of the wildcat or do something, I mean, why wouldn't you give Tony that rep? I don't know. Well, he needs more because think... he's only got nine catches, and he's one. Of, there are five guys in double figures. So, well, uh, Tony, I don't think they're still involving enough, but that might be part of. Something might you might be stuff. factored in. I'm talking about something be, brand like, new, though. You know, something new and different, and something that involves the, you know, some really thinking. Because Mullen's a good thinker. There's no doubt, but I don't know that Cardarius Tony's touching the ball enough anyway. So um, it might be a Cardarius Tony issue. Okay, I mean, maybe he's not able to pick up certain things or yeah. dropping a lot of passes in practice. Yeah. He certainly has. To prove his hands were something he had to prove and then prove. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I don't buy Emory Jones. Jacob Copeland, if he is in fact healthy, and I don't know, I haven't been to a practice. We're never let in there. His name hasn't even come up. Well, in supposedly, and in, in what he said uh, to others, he's healthy. So I don't know. But I, I don't, you would know. I don't know. Jacob Copeland. Who said? Supposedly, in, in Twitter or social media, he's telling people he is physically ready. To go. Oh, Joe Jacob is. Okay. Jacob, yeah, Copeland, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I mean, you know, I just think they're guys who are comfortable right now and doing things that why take touches away? I mean, Trey Grimes isn't touching the ball enough, in my opinion. I mean, right? It's like, why all of a sudden involve Copeland? But, hey, he could throw a twist in there. It wouldn't surprise me. I do think the fake punt was a trick play, though, back to that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is. It's, it's about the timing yard. of it. It's the timing of it makes it a trick play. 37-yard line. That was a yeah. pretty bold call. But in terms of the degree of Johnny difficulty. Johnny never even ran a fake punt. Johnny never did one. Yeah, surprise element is good. Uh, but uh, I think the, 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 the genius of the left-handed pass, to me, was was brilliant. That was something. Uh, it yeah. was, and Gary Danielson, who I spoke with the following week because I wrote a story on Dan Mullen's play calling, he said that he had seen that play during practice. Yes, he did. Said on, said on TV, yeah. Well, yeah, and he said he was kicking himself because he, when the guy came in the game, he didn't like say, oh, yeah, guess what's coming. I bet yeah, I know what's coming because he didn't even see him come in. Because that was only his third play of the whole game. So that was kind of crazy. And the fact that it didn't send up a red flag for LSU. But look, a lot there are a lot of moving parts out there, man. you got to really be paying attention to have picked up on that. But that's what Dave Aranda has paid $2.5 million to do. I mean, that should have mm-hmm. sent up a red flag yeah. for the But anyway, bottom line is I 
I'm intrigued by your thinking. I'm not saying that I'm just dispelling. Okay, it at it's all. just a conversation for the people who Emory said Jones, I was not talking I don't football. See Jones. I don't see Emory Jones. Yeah, I'm not. No I, I didn't. That's not my idea. That's somebody yeah, else's idea. I've been hearing Emory Jones all season. And I, I'm, uh, anyway. Are you going to bring him out in the biggest game of the year? Well, if you, you can spot him on a, a – I mean, like, I thought they'd have a, a package for him by now, like they did Tebow. But he's apparently not executing that well, so that's my guess. You know, we, we all did. We all thought that yeah. was going to be the case. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about now uh, – let's talk about these two teams. Uh, and let's get your thoughts about can Jake Fromm – Carry a game. Can he if if Georgia's behind? Can Jake Fromm come back and win the game for the Bulldogs? I mean, he's. I think he's pretty good. I mean, he's eighteen and three as a starter. You know, Alabama. He made some real good plays in the national title game, but he made some bad ones. Uh, also, he had two picks in that game. Only other time he's had more interceptions and touchdowns was at LSU, where he had two picks. Mm-hmm. That game he struggled, but. I think I said this on the Thursday appearance last week. You got to give Tiger Stadium and that crowd some credit because it's like the LSU game here, which I think by the end LSU was rattled and was deafening. And, you know, they forced those turnovers at the end of the game of Burrow who hadn't had any all year, interceptions that is. And he had two down the stretch. Fromm kind of fell apart there. A lot of people second-guess Kirby Smart abandoning the run. I mean, they had Fromm through 34 times. I think their formula, they want to run the ball. They average 5.78 yards a carry, which is second in the SEC. Holyfield averages 7.5 and, and Swift 5-ish. And they're both pretty talented backs. I think they're going to try to establish a run more and not force Fromm to try to win the game. Well, that's what they'd like but to do, but I don't I think, think he's capable. Can I mean, they run the ball on Florida? You know, they can run it on LSU. Yeah, I mean, Florida's run defense has been up and down a bit. Very good against LSU, Edgar. Florida outrushed LSU. Okay. Do you remember the fourth quarter drive when the guy had a 47 and 31 yard run? On, yeah, on, no, there's uh, no question that they've given them yards, but, but when Florida outrushes LSU, that tells you the Florida's running game is better. Or you know than you thought, or maybe LSU's rushing defense is not as good because you got to give credit where credit's due. They well, outrushed LSU, the Bulldogs. LSU I mean, rushed two seventy five last week against Georgia. That's Georgia. Yeah, but I'm yeah, saying they rushed two seventy five. That's what I'm telling you. Is that my point is is that I think Georgia was somewhat exposed. Oh, I'm not saying. Look, I'm not saying that Georgia isn't going to. I thought we were talking about Georgia running the football in Florida. That's what I was talking well, about. Well, okay, we're talking about what we were talking about was who's going to be able to do what against who, and both. Well, I, I'm, I was talking about in that specific instance. All right, well, you tell me second. what you think that this. I was to, saying that Georgia should be able or could be able to run no. the football on Florida. That's what no. I was saying, and I'm saying that so you might not have to put the game on from if you can do that. I mean, that's your goal is to run the football just as Florida's goal is going to be able to not put the game on Felipe Frank's shoulders. Yes. But that could end up happening. I mean, 12 of the the 12 last, last games, and I give Matt Baker credit on this stat, the, the last 12 winners have run for more yards than the loser. And I put that because I wrote a run game story earlier on P. Ryan and, and Scarlett who are coming off 100-yard games each. And that's the first time Gator running backs have had – Running uh, two running backs in one game with 100 yards since the Matt Jones Kelvin Taylor game in 2014 against Georgia. That's how long it had been. So 
They're they're feeling their mojo. They're pushing each other, and and I think Florida's run game is looking better. But Georgia's run game, what I'm saying, is pretty good, and has been good. And I think that you know Florida's run defense is going to have to prove itself because it was getting run on at Vanderbilt. It was uh, Vanderbilt was having its way running the football in Florida until that kid got hurt. The, the uh, the, the transfer kid yeah, from, back. Yeah, yeah, the running, running back, back transfer yeah. from Iowa. Yeah. I mean, uh, from uh, well, here's from the Illinois. deal. From All Illinois, right. the kid from Illinois. I don't have his name off the top of my head, but look, bottom line, they were running the football in Florida, and they they Keyshawn Vaughn and they and the uh, Benny Snell ran all over Florida. Florida is showing some susceptibility on the run. But David, David, the Benny Snell game in Kentucky was a long time ago. All right, oh. and Edgar, and, and I want to say that what Andrew I want to no, no, right, exactly. It's a whole different situation. But Edgar, what I was trying to say, and I go back to this, mm-hmm. is that I was saying if Georgia cannot run the ball in Florida, if you put the game on the shoulders of Jake Fromm, he may have a problem having to win it. Well, conversely, if it ha- is falls in Could the happen. Ranks, yeah. you don't want your quarterback to have to win this game. Uh, Florida's pass rush is formidable. Georgia's not so much. Georgia has only nine sacks. It's last in the SEC in sacks. But, look, Kirby's smart, man. Coaches can coach some defense, man. He's going to have some stuff up his sleeve, too. And... I mean, I look, I like Florida's momentum. I like what Mullen's doing with this team. But since last year's game, okay, Florida's undergone a coaching change, a culture change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Smart, meanwhile, has played for a national title, won an SEC title, and landed the number one recruiting class in the entire country. And really until last week, People were, were very impressed with what they were doing. They were scoring 40 points a game. And they were scoring 42 a game going into last week's game and then laid an egg at LSU. So whether they were exposed, I kind of agree that they probably were because I don't think they were quite as good as people were thinking and were basing it on last year's results. It's still one game, and let's see what they got come Saturday because I think it's still a pretty talented, deep team. And Florida... As, as Dan points out, you know, is not a complete team yet at this point and is winning as a team. And I think it can win again as a team this weekend. I'm not doubting that at all. I'm just saying I think Georgia might be a, just a step ahead, but that doesn't mean Florida can't win. I mean, you force a couple turnovers. Like you say, you stop the run. Fromm gets forced in a lot of passing situations. You unleash Polite and Zuniga. Those guys have combined for 17 tackles for a loss and 11.5 sacks those two. They're having a heck of a year together, and especially polite. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of moving parts here, man. And, and you're right. I mean, from I don't know. I mean, he's 18 and three as a starter. I mean, the kid's pretty good. The thing we haven't mentioned is Justin Fields. Yeah, but we're gonna, no doubt he'll be on the field. Fields, Fields will be on the field. No doubt about it. That's going to happen. You know, that's going to happen because they got quarterback issues there, meaning they. They, you know, they're not getting their play out of their, their number one guy like they want to. So well, obviously. Well, that was just one game, let's remember. You know, I know, I'm but still, talking. it's, it, look, Edgar, I'm talking about trending, okay? And, I, and when you look at a team, 
uh, how they're trending. They're changing. They're constantly changing. As Lou Holtz said, they don't not only change week to week, they change half to half. And, and the trend right now today as we're speaking, if they were both on the, on the stock exchange, is Georgia is trending downward and Florida is trending upward. Whether they wind up that way or not, who knows, but that is the trend. Now, Georgia is a better... As a better group of players, if you want to go by three stars, five versus five stars, whatever, that's fine. The question is, who has the better team? I'll leave you with this thought. A guy today who's been coaching, been around football all his life, is a very smart guy, who's, who's likes Kirby Smart a lot. So all I can tell you is Georgia lost a big game last year, and they lost it because of a mistake in the secondary, which is where their coach comes from. All right, Kirby Smart is a secondary guy. All right, a defenseman. Mm-hmm. So, so that was his. Hey, played safety. Yeah, uh, and and so and so that's that and, and what we have to what has to be proven here is is Kirby Smart a really good organizer, a great recruiter, a terrific guy. But when it comes down to calling the plays and being on the sideline, because a coach told me this, a well-known right. coach told me this. He said, well, who talk, Steve Sprayer, okay, told me this, that let's see how when a new coach comes to coach in this game, what their sphincter looks like because it really tightens up in the Florida Georgia. He told me that about 10 years ago. So it's a big deal. It's a different game to call than Colorado State, okay? And how you make those decisions in that game defines sometimes your team and your season and how you're regarded as a coach. So let's see – how Kirby does in a tight situation, game on the line, how he responds. I think that's where Mullen's strength is. He is very cool and calm and smart, and that's the smartest thing. That's the best part of his coaching, in my opinion. That's what I want to say. No, hey, look, he's made all the right moves this year. I mean, the Kentucky game got away from him, but like we pointed out, a number of these podcasts now, um, they were without Reese and Jefferson. And that team was second game of the season. They think it was a blessing looking back at it. And look, P. Ryan touched the ball like three times in that game. P. Ryan is their best offensive player, in my opinion. And, I mean, he's really established himself. He didn't even – he was like the third running back in the Kentucky game, right? I mean, Malik Davis was getting more action. And who who was talking about him? Edgar and Buddy were saying, this guy's got to get more touches, right? Yeah. Well, I've liked P. Ryan since he was a freshman. Both of us have. Better than Scarlet, to be yeah, honest. Both of them. But, but yes, I agree. But Jim Chaney's the one who's going to be calling the offensive plays, and he's well, taken a lot of heat for the way he called last week's game or two weeks ago from LSU. I, I have a feeling they might overcompensate and really try to overestablish their run. Could and we'll be. And Florida will. But here's the deal with Jake Fromm, okay? You're talking about trending. I Fine. I mean, look, I'll give you he played very poorly that game. In the four previous games, buddy, Nine touchdowns, one interception, 83 52-7, 73-9 completion percentages. The kid's very efficient, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, look, he got him in the national title game last year. Jacob Eason, who was like everything. I mean, the Gators, you know, wanted him so badly, and they thought he had flipped and all that. And now he, he ended up leaving because Jake Fromm took his job. And... uh He's pretty good, is all I'm saying. I mean, I think they're probably in a more stable situation, maybe not stable, but a more proven situation in a quarterback than the Gators because mm-hmm. I still, we've still yet to see Felipe Franks. 
drive the team. Yeah, he's going to have to do it too at some point. There's no question. And and I think he I think he's showing that he's more and more capable. Showed signs, yeah, yeah. But he hasn't done it. I mean, but he's been resilient. He's been able to overcome some mistakes. That's a no, big was, thing. Was, look, he threw for two eighty four the other right. day, a career high after having. I mean, he's not Danny Werfel. I, I get you know, I, I get it. You know, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, just saying, if it's coming down to the two quarterbacks, Georgia yeah. has a bit of an edge. Maybe we'll see. Hey, by the way, I, we're gonna have to run, but I want you. You know this, Lynn Tindall points it out. <clears throat> Did you know? I haven't checked this, but Lynn would know. He's a smart guy. Your buddy Lynn. Georgia hasn't beaten a team with a winning record this season. Oh, is that right? I've not looked it up. I'm just assuming Lynn's right. So that that's kind of amazing. And uh, and, and I've I'm been saying it, I'm looking at its schedule. It certainly isn't like formidable. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I've never believed in Georgia being an elite team. They're beatable. Florida has a very good chance of winning this game. You, you mean Georgia this year? Georgia this year. It's not been a Georgia this year. Yeah, I, I've never yeah, thought they, they were an elite team last year. Uh, well, yeah, that's a different team. They had like four number one to picks on that team. That's why it's a different team this year. You don't oh, take well, that kind of talent team. out and stay the same. Well, it's, they're replacing six defensive starters and lost Roquan Smith. I mean, that's all you got to say. They're not as good on defense. Well, that's the point. No There's not the point is they're not. So, all right, Edgar, give me your final thoughts. This uh, game, yeah. this game, where it stands, which way it's going. I mean, uh, look, the, the, before the LSU game, I've said it. Georgia was had they trailed 15 seconds the entire year, so they were playing nobody, but they were dominating. I mean, they were averaging 43 points a game. If that was all a total facade, I mean, okay, then it was. We're going to find out on Saturday. Mm -hmm. I think that you know this is a pretty explosive team. I mean, a lot of talent. They they signed like seven five star recruits in last year's class. Now that was last year's class, and it's not like contributing tons yet. But the class before that was almost that strong. I mean, he is recruiting lights out. Jake Fromm, I think, is pretty good, and I think they got a lot of playmakers on offense. And the Gators are gonna, you know, it's gonna be a real challenge for the Gators this game. They're, you know, they're fa they're seven point underdogs for a reason, but. I do think that, you know, Dan Mullen has shown incredible um, timing with with the play calling. Um, these kids are very confident under him and they're playing. They're very fit. They're playing much more physically. Um, they're physically tougher than they were against Kentucky. And and they're improving week to week. He's building them up. And uh, the Vanderbilt game was a good lesson for him. It was like, hey, you didn't have a great week of practice. And you fell behind by 18. Now you won, but you can't do that again. So he's probably got – it's probably, probably been a pretty good week of practice here. When are you so, going to make your pick, by the way? Well, I'm not – I don't think – I mean, I, if I had to pick the game, I mean, I'd pick Georgia. I mean, I think that's pretty clear from what I've said. I just think it's a more talented team at this point that's farther along. But I thought LSU was. And mm -hmm. look what the Gators did. So – I'd like the Gators to win the game just to keep this ride going because it's been fun. And mm -hmm. after this, if they do lose, then it's a challenge to say, okay, you can't win the East now. Mm -hmm. And this back of your mind, you got to be thinking, mm -hmm. hey, we win this. We're in the college football playoff hunt. Mm -hmm. They could debut at six in the college playoff rankings on Tuesday if they win this game, the Gators. So these kids know what's at stake. These kids are on their phone more than I am. Mm -hmm. They know what's going on. So that would be a blow, and then they get Missouri here, and 
you know, I think they can win out from there. Yeah. But, you know, the challenge is to get them, hey, we can win out and win 10 games and really take a huge step as a problem. Right. So this is a huge game for morale. No doubt about it. Yeah. And, and I think, look, I think the Gators can win, but if you force me to pick it. Okay. I mean, who are you picking? I'll make my pick on Friday. I definitely have taken the six and a half points at the quarterback club pool. Uh, and I have not picked it. I'm, I'm leaning toward Florida. <clears throat> just for the okay. well, I think the seven points for sure. I mean, yeah. I think it's going to be a close six and game. a half now. I think it is, <clears throat> but anyway, yeah. No, I haven't. Pick, I, I'm I'm waiting to make my final judgment based on. I don't like to make game picks early in the week because often I get in and say I don't I don't like that pick. It's not the way I think. I'm going to wait and see, but I'm leaning toward Florida right now, depending uh, on a few things. And I'm, my mind is why if it comes down to the coaching calls. I go with Mullen. Here's the other thing. I'm going to disagree you on one point. I got to go. Is that the yeah? What here's here it is a point. You said Georgia's a better a better team. Well, let me just use talk about the word team. Well, they're more. I think they're more talented. Limit. Okay, that's not the same thing. But here's what I said tonight at the quarterback club talking. Georgia has more four and five star people, more talented players, right? But does Georgia? Huh? Undoubtedly. Yeah. Okay. So now, but who has the best team? Who has the best overall team? It's not the same thing. And if you go back to the Steve Spurrier era, this happened all the time. Georgia had more talented players, but Spurrier had a better team. And that's the question on the, right now. That's why I can't make the pick. Right now, I think Florida might be a better team at every phase of the game and better coached right now than Georgia. Georgia has better players. So that's my conflict. That's where I am, Okay. Hey, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with No, that's all right. I'm, I'm the, just giving you my job, thoughts. With the job Mullen's done, I would never question the way his, and his he and his staff have approached mm-hmm. this season. Um, I have no idea if Georgia's teams in the 90s were more talented than mm-hmm. Florida's. They didn't have any of those rankings then. I don't even – I wasn't even around. I was living in New Mexico watching yeah. world football, you know, <laughs> what watching Mountain West and WAC football. So I wasn't watching the quality of football then that you were. Um, but yeah, look, they were, they had Ray Goff coaching them then. I know, Spurrier. I remember it well. Steve Spurrier is a freaking genius. Yeah. I mean, Dan Mullen has certainly shown like some incredible, um, he's really looked great this year so mm-hmm. far. He, I don't know if he's quite Steve Spurrier. And I don't think no, he's not. I can tell you right now, he's not. Edgar, I gotta yeah. go. I appreciate right. it, buddy. Good stuff. I'll see, uh, I'll see the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun. We're, I'm looking forward to it. Me too, man. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Edgar. Man, appreciate yeah. it. Bye. Edgar Thompson, one of the hardest working men in show business. He's, uh, gracious to give us time. You know, a guy works hard and, uh, he just gave us an hour there. Uh, he covers the beat when you, you have people who don't cover the beat can't really know what's going on. They can do statistical information. They can do all this data, all this stuff. That's fine. If you like that stuff, that's fine. In terms of information, it's really hard to get information from anybody. There was a time when you could rely upon relationships, which is what I've done most of my life. No longer. Just because the coach likes you isn't going to help you a bit when it comes to hard information. Edgar is out there what they call shoe leather, on the beat, asking questions, digging, whatever. So I appreciate people who are doing that and i appreciate their information and i appreciate their time that's why we try to make it a point to get people like that on the show all right and look 
Look, it's not about who you like, okay? If you don't like the guests, go someplace else, all right? Listen to them. Get their information. We put up our lineup of people against anybody's. If you want to know about Florida football, the people we have on are as knowledgeable as anybody up there, okay? So I appreciate these guys for sharing their information with me, and I hope you will appreciate them as well instead of somebody saying, who's this guy? Who's this guy? He's been covering the team very closely. He knows a lot about it, a lot more than you do, and a lot more than I do. So have a little respect once in a while, okay? All right, listen, tonight we had a special time at the O'Connor Quarterback Club with David uh, Lamb. You all know Lamb Chops, many of you do. He's uh, he's a heck of a guy, and uh, uh, he's a little different. Uh, some of you might have a difference of opinion about him. But having said that, uh, he's always fun to be around. And uh, I want to see if I can get together on my information here and give you this, and we'll come back and play that. Far Sports Bar, thank you. We support the NK. I want to hear from Tony pretty soon here. Uh, Tony's been giving us some great stuff to give away on our league program, which you saw last night's program. Unbelievable stuff that Laurie, Laurie was able to win. Bag that stuff up. I got a big bag of them shipping to Coco, uh, and she'll be the winner of a ton of stuff. And uh, 90%, some of it came from the American County Gator Club, but uh, we don't have any of Tony's clothes tonight on, but uh, we will be wearing tomorrow and wearing this weekend. So, you still can get those Circle 15 blue shirts. You got orange coming up. Uh, we'll probably wear those for South Carolina. Check them out. Go to uh, uh, All Far Sports Bar and see. And if you're not a Gator fan, there's stuff there for other rest of you folks that have teams in the state as well. Uh, enjoy the conversation tonight with Coach Evan Farmer, with uh, who is with uh, uh, Bangor High School. Here's what I found out: Bangor High School has eight kids going to get scholarships in the, between this year and next. There are five players on that squad, some of them who are seniors, some are not, that the Florida Gators are recruiting really hard. Dan Mullen's presence has been felt, and his assistants are around Vanguard, all legal, by the way, uh, a lot. Vanguard High School is undefeated, 8-0. You'll hear a lot from them. They'll probably play Sebring. they got a ton of talent, and those kids, are, a lot of them are going to be Gators. So uh, that's the kind of recruiting you do at your home base. That's how you score, by the way. Vanguard's had some terrific players. You might remember a guy named Dante Culpepper, okay? Uh, all right, so that's that part I want to tell you about. And then I want to remind you folks about Mark's Prime. Uh, of course, uh, you know my feelings about this restaurant. Uh, if you have one meal to eat and want to go out, this is where you go. Uh, uh, they have a delicious food. They have really first-class service. The ambiance is uh, off the charts. The people who run it are really quality people, uh, and uh, they want to—they care about your whole dining experience. I was out the other night with some friends, and uh, one of the tables had some issues with, with one of their salads wasn't made exactly right. And uh, the uh, the waiter came over and said, "Hey, let me take that back. I'll give you something else, and I'll give you." And the person said, "No, don't worry about it. I'm good." And uh, so after the meal was over, out came the free desserts. They want you to have a unique dining experience, and they want to make it right for you. So if you don't know about this place, go to online, 
to MarksPrimeSteakhouse.com and just look at some of the beautiful food like you see on the screen right here. You can call them up at Ocala, two locations to serve you, Ocala, 352-402-0097, Gainesville, the 352-336-0077. Check out uh, their uh, terrific food, their, 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 their premium seafood, and, and, and the top-notch beef. You'll be glad you did. Mark's Prime Steakhouse and Seafood, Ocala and Gainesville. You'll be glad I told you. And finally, Center State Bank. Center State Bank is uh, one of our fine sponsors. Uh, well, we'll have to come back and get that up in just a minute because we're missing that spot at the moment. Let's do this. Let's go here from David Lamb, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. How did it get its name? Well, we talked to David Lamb, who uh, was a story written, by the way, uh, in the, on The Athletic about this game in which Lamb was promoted. Who had the term? Who was the first to coin the term world's largest outdoor cocktail party? Well, eventually David Lamb will tell us. The number one speaker at the um, Ocala Quarterback Club every year is this guy to my right. He's voted uh, the top guy. We love him to come down and enlighten us, to give us a little humor. Very little, but some. My longtime friend. <laughs> you know why they invite me? Because yeah. when I come, they have steaks. So I think most of them come for the yeah. steaks, and not me. Yeah. Maybe what's, maybe what's it started out. Maybe it started out for me. Yeah. But over the years, they, they just know as the steaks were going. So, so there's a tip for you, Bill. They always serve steaks when you're speaking. And, no, it's good to have David back again. We go back a long way. We won't go there tonight because we haven't got enough time. But, I, you know, this is uh, obviously a big week for everybody, but particularly for you. And a little bit for me because we go back when Georgia was the team to beat. Right. And I don't know if we counted them up, if we could really come up with a number. But I will bet you close to, if you figure that, 80 or 90 Florida-Georgia games between us that we've seen have been a part of. Oh, no question. Well, I've missed only a handful since 77. Yeah, and I started in the 60s. Right, and I missed so. last year because of my back. I yeah. couldn't navigate. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've seen a lot of them. Yeah, we have seen them. And this one turns out to be, who knew? Well, a month ago, this looked like a, a blowout like last year. The Gators looked like they had no chance. Yeah. And I think Georgia is still one of the top four, three or four teams in the country. But the Gators – have all of a sudden their defense is outstanding. Their special teams have been off the charts. They have, you know, they they've made every field goal, and they, you know, they just a wonderful job. And one thing Mullen has done with Franks is he's made him competent. He doesn't look scared anymore and timid. Uh, I think he's still a very mediocre quarterback, but mediocre is better than what what it was before. And I give Mullen a lot of credit, uh, and I think he's shown uh, what coaching can do. You know, we've had two coaches back-to-back who simply couldn't get these, this team functioning right. Well, he's come in, got the defense, the special teams, and got the quarterback. Don't screw it up. Make the basic plays. I think he's really cut back on the playbook for Felipe, Felipe uh, Franks. And I think he's a wonderful job. Hell, he's, he may be coach of the year right now if you Might start be. looking around the country. Yeah. Uh, there aren't that many that would challenge him. You know, maybe Orgeron and, and LSU, you certainly got to tip your hat to what he's doing. Saban always. Uh, that case, but uh, Mullen's right up there uh, as coach of the year. It won't be Chip Kelly and won't be Scott Frost, by the way. <laughs> so, you know. now, speaking no. of calling plays and what have you, I mean, I love this guy's play calling. I have a phrase I use with our John show that he's playing chess and the other guys are playing checkers. That's a good That's a good analogy. Yeah. I, I, he, he really is, I think, out coaching most of the opponents they've played. And one of the things that I'm looking forward to you talking tonight, that this game, if it gets down to coaching, I think Florida gets the advantage because I think Mullen's a better coach game day. 
I think Kirby's a terrific young coach and developing your program. But on the field, who would you rather have, Kirby or Dan Mullen? Well, what we know about Kirby Smart is he's an unbelievable recruiter. I mean, he's, 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 a, he's a saving junior when it comes to recruiting. We don't know yet how good a play caller he is. He's only been in, he's only been a head coach for two years. You know, Mullen's been around a while. Uh, he was a, court, a coordinator for a long time, very successful. And then the job he did at Mississippi State, you know, he won. Gate. Mississippi State's supposed to be no better than 6-6 six and six every year. He made him a winning team. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't he even get him to number one in the poll one week several years ago? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's, de- he, he's developed quarterbacks. Developed players play, overall. Yeah, right. The depth of the squad. Right. Same guys. Yeah. And, look, they're playing so much better. Yeah, I think. No, I, absolutely. I think it's play calling, development. Yeah. Uh, I think he's proven himself. I thought he was a good hire. Yeah. You know, he wasn't the first one, though he went after. What, was he third, fourth choice? Probably third. But but he's proven to be yeah. a at this point, he looks like a winner. The best choice. And after McIlwain and, uh, and and some others. <laughs> we forget. Here's a little How note quickly for we forget. Hey, uh, we got, i got to get you back inside because they're going to be coming out to get you. But I want to say this. You know, the only coach since 1990 who's had a losing record against Georgia, who do you think it was? Wow. Will Muschamp. Oh, okay. I think it was a plot. The Bulldogs sent him down here. And, you know, the conspiracy thing being popular today, you know, I figure it's a plot. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I'm not, you know, I'm a bit of a conspiracy yeah. theorist, but I don't go quite that far. And I'm not ready to say that Kirby Smart is not equal to, to Bowen as a coach. No, no, but, I'm, I, I but he hasn't proved it game yet. day, let's see how right. he, let's see how he plays checkers. Mullen okay. has proved he can play chess. Exactly. We don't know if that Kirby Smart out. can do it. Yeah, he's a good coach. And, and Kirby is this quarterback situation he's yeah. got. That's yeah. a delicate situation. I don't know about and, Jake Fromm. You're going to see Fields. I think you'll well, have to see him. Well, I, and yeah. I, I think this thing is beginning to yeah. to, to rumble a yeah. little bit inside. Yeah. And this could blow up in their face. Yeah. Now I got to get you this end because he's giving me that cut signal here, which is this. We know the guy who came up with the phrase, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And by the way, that's what we call it now because somebody decided a long time ago to change the name because it wasn't politically correct. And I know how you love politically correct, David. <laughs> and so, so we've gone back to it, world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Today I read a story on The Athletic, which is a very good website, by a guy named Will Salmon. Quoting you, I among talk, others. talked to him last night for yeah, about 30 about minutes. About the guy we know that we used to work with, Bill Castells, late Bill Castells, of the Florida Times Union, who called it one day. There's a quote in there. You want to just regale us with that a little bit about what that's about? You remember back, and I was actually working back there around that area whenever he named it the world's largest outdoor country. Right. Right. I wasn't in Jacksonville yeah. then, but I came shortly thereafter. And you know what? And Bill Castells, it was a great line. He wasn't a real creative writer, mm-hmm. but he came up with a great line. He did. But it's the world's outdoor, uh, world's outdoor largest outdoor seat. cocktail party. Mm-hmm. And the reason it ought to be called that, because it is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. That's exactly what it is. Go, go out there on Thursday, Friday, and certainly on game day, and walk within a mile radius of the stadium, and you'll go, damn, this is the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. And, and being politically correct is, is stupid. You can't deny what is, and that's what it is. And good for Bill, he came up with a great line, and it stuck. And when the school said, oh, we can't do that anymore, 
you ignore them like you've done and, and I've certainly done. And let's do it together. You ready? Right, right. This it's is a, called the, the world's, world's largest, largest outdoor, outdoor cocktail, cocktail party. David Lamb, Buddy Martin, you heard it here. <laughs> okay, we established that point. <clears throat> After a couple of days, you won't hear about it anymore. Uh, all right, so just want to wrap it up by saying thank you. Edgar uh, had a lot of information tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Laura Rutgers will join us. Uh, and uh, uh, we'll have uh, a couple other. Uh, we'll take Casey, will be on the program this morning, as a matter of fact. Uh, on Friday morning, uh, we'll be hearing from uh, Paul Feinbaum. We'll be our guest. The, the SEC uh, Nation will be in Jacksonville, along with Game Day, along with ESPN Game Day. So we will continue to bring you our France Beard. The Iron Duke will be here on Friday. We'll look, take some picks. We got our picks from the quarterback club folks and from Joe Williams. We'll do our picks. Uh, and we may have a guest, or another guest or two, depending upon whether Terry Bradshaw pops up or whatever. We'll do that tomorrow night at the regional 9 o'clock. Don't forget, Friday, football Friday now is going to be uh, uh, coming up at 11 o'clock on Friday. We have a, it's a day game, okay? Let me just put this back cover right now and tell you about my bank. Uh, you heard me talk about it a lot because. It's a place that we not only go do our banking, but we also have some social functions there. Uh, and uh, one of the things we like about this bank is that they're in the community and they, they're willing to share their space, a beautiful facility with us, uh, and it makes it nice when you have an event that you want to be special. Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you that uh, Center State Bank uh, has uh, lots of locations, 82 of them in 30 uh, Florida counties, where you can go and take care of your banking needs. Uh, they're also big on their core values, which is being driven locally in the markets. Uh, they have a long-term projection on the horizon for finances. Uh, they believe in world-class service and relationship banking. So check them out. Go online at centerstatebank.com and see what's nearest you. The picture here of this particular facility, I love that second-floor art gallery. That's my bank. It's on Silver Springs Boulevard in Ocala. Uh, you can go by there and see them eat one of their chocolate chip cookies. Uh, you can call them on the phone at 352-368-6800. Center State Bank, centered on community and customer service. Okay. Well, we went a little over tonight. Uh, hope you enjoyed the program. We'll be back tomorrow night to talk more about what else. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party in the Florida Georgia football game, all coming your way tomorrow night. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed the show.